and welcome to the first edition of the Goshen New Sports Podcast in the uh, year of our Lord, 2022. How about that? We made it. Congratulations to us. Yay. Austin Yay. Hoff. Austin Hoff, Evan Leepak. Evan, uh, first time you've been in uh, cold weather for about three weeks, it feels like. So, more like two. But. I've entered the twilight zone. <laughs> yeah. You... you <laughs> You left a warm place at the beginning of January to come to a cold place. Two straight years you've done that. Congratulations. So Yeah, it was... Willingly, too. It was tough to uh, go back to my apartment and uh, see that they've not salted off the roadways, so... Yeah. Your parking lot is Slipped and fell like three times. Your parking lot is disastrous. They, like, did nothing. Dude, it hasn't snowed or rained or iced in, like, three days, and it's still, like, a sheet of ice. It's bad. It's unbelievable. Like, the no tote... Like, nothing came through. I had to waddle... To my uh, car, we were waddling last night to bring back all your stuff, man. So, a lovely trip to O'Hare Airport that we will never talk about ever again, except every day of our lives. But we know now, we know now, we know uh, where to go. Yeah, we figured it out. I went to the right place, but we were we were in the right place, we were in the right place, but the, the construction wall was blocking his viewpoint of being able to see me, and then it got us all confused. And I did like five loops around the thing, and I was cussing at him on the phone, being like an idiot. It's not and, my fault. And then, just, and, then, and then he finally figured it out, and by the time he figured it out, I just parked in a lot and said, I'm going to find you in the terminal, and we found it. We got home. took us probably, you know, lost 30 minutes there trying to find you. We could have been home by midnight, and instead it was 1230. So, anyway. Um, so, that was... You made it back. Yeah. Where were you flying back from, Evan? Phoenix. Why were you in Phoenix? Because I... Covered the Fiesta Bowl. Who was in the Fiesta Bowl? Notre Dame. Who were they playing? Oklahoma State. Did Notre Dame win? It was this 20 questions? <laughs> <laughs> we're getting to the main point here. They should have the won, Fiesta Bowl. but they did not. Wow, that's unfortunate. Is Notre Dame like good in these big bowl games? No. According to some stats, they are now 0-8 since the beginning of the BCS New Year's Six Bowl era, which started back in... 93-94. Is that bad? They count uh, the 94 Cotton Bowl as their last big major bowl victory. Mm-hmm. So, you and I were not born. No. That's not great for a program like Notre Dame. Right. Uh, you were there, obviously. We just said that. And yep. uh, give, me your, give me your thoughts on the game. You know, Notre Dame jumps out to that 28-7 lead. Marcus Freeman's going to be the governor of Indiana. And then all of a sudden, they uh, just collapsed. Just, just stopped playing I don't know I it's weird because like like I know Oklahoma State made adjustments but it felt like Notre Dame just didn't make the counter adjustments that you needed and maybe that's just the first time head coach struggling in that environment but I was um, impressed with the way that uh obviously Marcus Freeman and his coaching staff prepared his team very well going into that game they're ready to go they realized how big it was I know they realized the losing streak in major bowl games because that's all they talked about for two weeks you know prior to that, like going up to the game. Uh, and obviously, you know, Oklahoma State was not ready for that punch to begin with because the first half, I mean, it's 28-7 to with a minute left in the first half. Jack Cohn is playing out of his mind. I'm like, this yeah. is probably the best game he's ever played in his college career, not even close. Yeah, definitely the best half of football he ever played. And it was just the first half, and he's got over 300 yards, four touchdown passes just in the first half. I mean... He definitely, I mean, just for, if anything, that first half, he uh, bumped his draft stock maybe a little bit. <laughs> hey, Tommy Reese was right, and he said earlier in the week that he's going to be playing on Sundays next year, or like be on an NFL roster, not playing, but Tommy Reese, right, said he'll be on, or Marcus Freeman said he'll be on an NFL roster 
in the in the fall. So maybe Jack Cohn did win him some uh, NFL roster, you know, practice squad. Somebody will give him a shot after because he's got he's good size, good arm potential, smart football player. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Oklahoma State quickly scored a touchdown before half, and uh, Notre Dame had three timeouts, had some time left instead of trying to attack, maybe get a field goal. You're just like, oh, we're content with the two-touchdown lead. Would you have gone for it there? Would you have tried to force the issue given how your offense was playing in the first half? Uh, I would say so. Yeah. I would too. If you didn't have any timeouts or something like that, fine. But you have all three of your timeouts here at the 25-yard line. Plus it's a bowl game. Anything goes. It's not like it's a college football playoff or something. Right. So, so if a mistake happens, oh, well, it's a bowl game, you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. But Right. I think people would be, like, more okay with you being aggressive and throwing a pick six than – just kneeling on the ball, basically, and going into the half. And then, because especially with the way the rest of the game goes, like, at least you could go back and be like, well, they were trying to win. Now that they lost the game, you're like, well, man, if they even, if they kick a field goal in that spot, if they somehow get the ball in the field goal range and make a field goal, they lost the game by two. It's three possession at that point. Right, right. Plus, the Oklahoma State defense was still on their heels. They hadn't made their halftime adjustments yet. And Oklahoma State hadn't, Oklahoma State got the ball to start the second half, too. So, it wasn't like you were oh, we get the ball, start the second half, we don't want to force the issue. Like, go for it. I, that, was that to me, maybe changed the game mentally. You know, emotionally, like Oklahoma State, that, that last minute 15 of the first half scoring and then not Notre Dame not doing anything. So, Yeah, Mike Gundy definitely uh, outcoached Marcus Freeman with the adjustments they made. They made it uh, pretty amazing adjustments on both sides of the ball. They looked like a completely different team coming out in the second half. Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame had no counter to those adjustments at all. Which obviously, you know, like you said, comes down to probably Freeman's first head coach, you know, game as a head coach. You know, your your offense coordinator is 29 years old, a couple of young guys trying to figure stuff out. It's tough to do on the fly in that type of game, that type of environment, atmosphere against a team like Oklahoma State, who is inches away from going to the college football playoff. So, but yeah, uh, Spencer Sanders, he. Uh, Oklahoma State's quarterback. You you texted me in the first half like this guy is not it, and then he like just he was playing horrible. Kept kept playing well. He just played well at. You like jinxed him, man. He jinxed it into the universe. You basically were like, yeah, this guy's not playing well. He's bad, and then he like throws for like three touchdowns and runs for a hundred yards. And Notre Dame's uh, defensive line linebackers they were really getting after him, making him really uncomfortable in the first half. Mm -hmm. And then Oklahoma State adjusted more quarterback draws, getting him out of the pocket, and Notre Dame couldn't contain him. And then that opened up, you know, wide receivers being more open, and he was hitting them. Like, Tay Martin had three touchdown passes. He caught three touchdown passes, over 100 yards receiving. So, I mean, it was like – it's unfortunate for Notre Dame, but it was definitely completely different on both sides of the ball because Jack Cohn looked nothing like he did in the second half like he did in the first. It was like a shell. The team as a whole was like a shell of itself in the second half. Felt felt like they would get, like, going – on a drive and then just stall out. It's happened a lot. I mean, two they, bad turnovers too the, in the, the second pick, half. The pick, obviously. I mean, like Logan Diggs fumble. Yeah, the Diggs fumble was yeah, but I, for me, like the the Cone one's almost worse because you got they were marching and Cone just made a bad read. Like he probably played the best game of his college career Saturday, and that was also probably the worst throw he's ever had as a college player. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even, like, it was triple teamed, and, like, it was just, like, I'm going to assume this guy is open at the snap of the ball, and it was completely wrong. And, I mean, 
He Notre threw, Dame had no the guy had no chance to catch that ball for Notre Dame. Like no chance. If you look at his, you know, ending stat line, I mean he threw for over five hundred yards right. and five touchdowns, but unfortunately he had less than two hundred yards and just one touchdown, one interception in the second half. Right, so. and the one touchdown came in relative garbage time. I mean, mm-hmm. still a close game at 37-28. Good pass. It was a great pass. It was I a good pass. That. No, it was a great, great read and a good pass. But, you know, relatively in garbage time, like, oh, we got the touchdown, now we need the onside kick, Miracle, you know, to maybe get the ball back again. They but. definitely missed um, Kyron Williams for sure. Only 42 rushing yards. So Jack, Cohn, Jack Cohn threw the ball 68 times. <laughs> I know Oklahoma State has a good rushing defense, but, yeah, the, the lack of run game was was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, Which is interesting because, like, Diggs and Tyree had shown – Tyree in the first half I thought was playing really well, and I thought they went away thought they went away from him in the second half, which was strange. He like, didn't do anything on the ground. He was great in the yeah, pat- right. receiving like, game. It was working, you know. The short passes were working, and I don't know. I just felt like they – I don't know. This kind of went away from him in the second half. It was strange. Lorenzo Styles, though, that'll be good for the future. He had, Tyler a, he had a breakout game. Tyler Buckner, where was he at? Yeah, it was kind of a head scratcher. Probably should get should have gave him a shot in the second half to try to jumpstart something on offense. Didn't, but it is what it is. I also, I mean, I get going forward on, you know, on your own fifteen. Yeah, that was a. Bad, but also three you, timeouts. yeah, but also you have three timeouts, and you, if you don't get it, you're basically giving them, you know, a chip shot field goal right mm-hmm. off the bat, and that I mean, it, they ended up hitting a, a field goal. So. If it was like fourth and one, you can go for it. But I'm pretty sure it was like fourth and eight or fourth and nine. Like it was it's fourth and six, fourth and six. So it wasn't like an easy, you know, if it was fourth and one, put your head down, maybe get a yard and go. But and yeah. it wasn't even a good play at all. Had no shot, no yeah. chance. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, a lot of positives, a lot of negatives from that first game, that game for Notre Dame. Obviously, um, you know they end up finishing with eleven and two record, and they're probably going to still be in the top ten of the final AP poll when that comes out. Puts so, a slight damper on Freeman's. Yeah, but you know, I was handled himself well after the game. He'll figure this out. I mean, I think he's going to be a good coach still. Notre Dame fans, if this for some reason goes sideways with Marcus Stream, which I don't think it will, but if it does, just remember you'll always have that moment when you led 28-7. Like, that Mayer touchdown to put him up 28-7 was probably the best moment Notre Dame fans have had in a while. The Freeman so, era. Yeah. Freeman, yeah. Brian Kelly was uh, holding Jack Cohen the offense back. Yeah, I, that's, what it, <laughs> that's what it felt like. It's what it felt like the first half. It was like, oh, my God, this is what they could have looked like all year. And then the second half happened. Um, so, yeah, any other takeaways from Fiesta Bowl week uh, come pop your mind? And no. before we move on to kind of focus on our prep season as we get ready for the second half of preps. The resort I stayed at was nice. Yes, the Camelback <laughs> Resort looked nice from all the Snapchats and pictures you sent me. On so. top of the game, you know, everything else was pretty much top-notch. I enjoyed, enjoyed myself, uh, enjoyed getting to know some of the other – Notre Dame media members more and everything. It was a good time. It's definitely a good experience. Bowl games are fun. So yeah, that's that's my extra analysis. The big the big bowl games are really fun. So and uh, yeah, maybe the Independence Bowl wouldn't have been as fun. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the Boca Raton Bowl is giving you the same experience as the Fiesta. Bowl. I mean, I wouldn't mind going to the Boca Raton Bowl down there in Florida. <laughs> you know, what I'm, I'm saying? just saying, like in terms of like bowl game uh, availability. Uh, 
stature and availability and swag and things like that, you know. Swag. The famous Idaho potato bowl is not moving the needle as much. Get some free French fries. I'd love to cover that game, though, personally. That'd be hilarious. That'd be fun. Boise, Idaho. Oh, yeah. Boise. In December. No oh, thanks. Yeah. Hard oh, yeah. Hard pass. On the blue, the blue turf. Come on, man. Um, so, yeah, Notre Dame football. Obviously, a lot of moving and shaking going on with them. Uh, now post bowl game, Evan will have a story uh, later this afternoon, Wednesday, Wednesday's paper with all the uh, updates to the roster so far that we know of, coaching and personnel and other uh, things, other things. So mostly just that because it's kind of a lot at this point. So probably mostly just players and staff changes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A couple couple people leaving, a couple people coming in. Should be interesting next couple weeks for the Notre Dame program and the, all, all the overhauls of Marcus Freeman. The Freeman era can truly begin. You know. Yes. We'll just blame the loss on Saturdays because he had Brian Kelly's recruits. So. Okay. Yeah. He's gonna Brian, have, it was Brian Kelly's He's going to have his recruits for a while. It was Brian <laughs> Kelly's players that lost uh, the Fiesta Bowl, of course. Um, okay, let's talk preps. We... Uh, Wanted to get Notre Dame out of the way. Not that, you know, they were bad, but just get them out of the way. And now let's focus on preps because we're getting to that point of the year where all of a sudden, here we go. You know, we're getting closer to the tournament time. Girls basketball sectional brackets come out on just uh, the 23rd. So be ready for that. Uh, let's quickly kind of go through some of the uh, winter sports tournaments that we had over the past week. Uh Let's start with the Bethany Christian boys basketball team. They won the Lakeland Christian Invitational down at uh, uh, down at Grace College in Winona Lake. There we go. There you go. Got it out. Three three victories, two on that Tuesday and one on the Wednesday. Beck Willems, MVP of the tournament, had 29 points and nine rebounds in the title game over LCA. That's pretty good. 57 points across three games. That's solid. Overall level of competition maybe wasn't the strongest in the world, but you know, hey, they're, they're above five hundred at this point. That's good. Five and four. They're, you know, they, that's a that's a week of of games that could give you some momentum going into the second half of the year. You know, mm-hmm. they still got some games ahead of them that'll be fun. Argus, I think, is coming up. You know, they play Wawasee later in the month. They always play a couple of decent sized, uh, you know, NECC schools here coming up. So see how they fare against that. That would be a telltale sign, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northwood boys, maybe the uh, most impressive performance, even though they lost a game, went three and one at the Bob Wedding M- Wedding W E T T I G Wedding Wedding. Is it Wedding? Bob Wedding Memorial. Sure, it's Let's in Richmond. It's at Richmond High School. I, I'm sorry, Mister Wedding, if I Wedding if I mispronounced your name. Um, it sounds like wedding. Like wedding. 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 <laughs> wedding. Wedding. <laughs> Uh, they went three and one down there at uh, Bloomington South, or no, sorry, at Richmond High School. They lost to Bloomington South. I'm pulling up the games. That was their one loss. Yes, they beat the Indianapolis homeschool team, which is actually a pretty decent uh, homeschool team. From if you remember from all of our betting bucks stories from last year, um, and then they lost to Bloomington South in the nightcap, and then they won two more games on the Wednesday: one against Lawrenceburg and once against Seton Catholic. Um, both Cade Brenner and Ian Rosh were named to the all-tournament team. Uh, Brenner had a big game against Lawrenceburg, 25 points in that victory. Uh, Rosh was pretty consistent all the way through. He had eight rebounds in three of the four games, and he averaged he had at least 10 points in all four contests too. So he, he played pretty well. Um, we were kind of talking a little bit beforehand, like, you know, even though they lost, 
like to me that three and one performance like affirmed everything that we thought about them about being good like yeah this team is this team's good like you say they're, they, num- they're number three now in their respective three, classification. Yes, in the Class 3A pool, they're ranked number three. We're jumping the gun there, man. I'm going to list off all the rankings here in a minute. Come on. I, just, I mean, Don't steal we're, already, we're already talking about I know, I know. Just I want to bring it up. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so might as well. Um, but they were ranked number three in the 3A pool, the AP poll that came out on New Year's, New Year's Eve night at 9.30 p.m. apparently. So that's a great timing on uh, their part. To do that, everyone was waiting. Yeah, I was anxiously at 9 30 on uh, New Year's Eve. I was like, you know what, I'm waiting for the AP boys basketball, not bowl. the new year, <laughs> just the, not to watch the, the ball pull. drop. I just want to know how far, uh, you know, Northwood moved up in the rankings. Um, so they are 10 and 1 overall. They have Columbia City on the road Tuesday night, tonight, after we were taping this. Uh, we're back to our Tuesday rotation, I think, taping this podcast. So Tuesday afternoons before the week really gets going. And then uh, they are at Wawasee Friday night NLC game. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Coverage will be there later. Yeah, Evan Leepak, you'll be there with uh, Joe Weiser, staff photographer Joe Weiser. Joe Weiser, as my dad likes to call him. <laughs> Every time I'd be like, "It's Weiser." He's like Joe Weisner, right? Is that his Weisner. name? Weiser. There's an N in there. <laughs> like, no, nope, that's not it. But it's it the, does get a good laugh. He's gonna call him. He's gonna call him the band Weiser at some point, right? I know. I like that band. Island on the Sun. Island in the Sun. Um, Wawasee, speaking of Wawasee, right? That's the next team on our rundown. Uh, no. Oh, no, so bro. Close. You have the rundown right you, behind your so laptop right close. now. Grab the rundown. I'm looking at Prep Roundup. I was going off. The, it was in order up to that point. <laughs> I know. I was going off Prep Roundup, but I'm, I put the recap of various winter tournament highlights in our rundown. And number three on the list is Isaac Benjamin, the Northwood wrestler, getting third at the Al Smith invite. Big stuff. We could have gone in order in, in uh, order of sports. Could have. <laughs> Doesn't matter now. Anyway, I forgot to put Northridge girls basketball in my rundown too because they're they that's important. Cool. Yep. So, uh, you know. Anyway, Isaac Benjamin seven and one at the Al Smith Classic. That's pretty good. That's a loaded field. You get all the, a lot of the state ranked teams go to Mishawaka for that two day event last week. Uh, and so he won his first match, lost his second match, which sent him to the consolation bracket, and then he won six straight in the consolation. So that's pretty good. He's twenty-one and one overall now. So sounds exhausting. Yes, it's a lot, man. That's a long day of wrestling. Because he well, he wrestled. I think they got it to a point where like he wrestled like four matches Monday or Wednesday and three on Thursday, basically. So like, it's not like he wrestled six matches in one day. That's a little absurd. Yeah, um, but still four and three or three and four, depending on. I, I don't know where they split it. You know, ended it. But still a lot. I mean, back to back days. Still a lot. Yeah. Like in, yeah, it's like the amount of soreness is probably unreal. Well, they're off this week because they had a COVID issue with their program, so he'll be able to rest up. Good. Hopefully, he doesn't have COVID. You know, COVID isn't good, but it's good no. to rest up. Good to have a week. You know, the breather. They were supposed to wrestle Goshen Tuesday night and Wawasee Thursday, and now they will not be competing in either event. So. Unfortunate. Uh, Concord Swimming had a really nice, productive day at the Homestead Invitational last week, uh, getting uh, second place as the girls' team and first as the boys' team. And uh, f- two individuals, Kieran Stoffer and Grace Brenman, won four events in the girls, and Tommy Brunner and Cole Stevenson won three events each in the boys. So they're doing the pretty team's well. Team's elite. Concord Girls Swimming. 
I'm not going to bring up their ranking because you don't want oh, to. Oh, well, I was going to mention it because we already <laughs> broke the seal on the rankings. Uh, the Indiana High School Swimming Coaches Association came out with their midseason rankings. Believe it or not, Carmel number one. They've won 33 state titles in a row. so It's pretty unfair. Yeah. It's a why, don't, why don't they let someone else win for a change? Why don't they split up? <laughs> why don't they split up Carmel into four schools? You know, that's the real question. Um, but in the in the polls this week, Concord Girls Swimming was ranked third. It's pretty good. And the Northridge Girls were ranked tenth. It's also pretty good. And the boys for Concord were ranked tenth. So that's it's pretty good. It's pretty impressive uh, performances so far for them. Multiple individuals. It's a swimming juggernaut at Concord. Multiple individuals for Concord ranked in like the top five of their events. Uh, the notable ones, the Concord medley relay and the 400-meter relay are both second in their respective events. And then for Northridge, uh, the diving duo of Caitlin Simons and Giselle Miller, second and third respectively in the uh, polls or rankings this week. So, so guess what? A little teaser for what we're talking about coming up. Thursday, Concord at Northridge Swimming. So there you go. Yours truly will be there. It's a big matchup. It pretty much determines the NLC champion. So I'm glad you're if here. the rankings hold, Concord will be the outright champion in both. So I was gonna say I'm glad you're gonna be there because uh, it would be pretty much a disservice if we weren't. So yes. <laughs> uh, one more uh, holiday tournament. I wanted to mention Northridge girls basketball, which I forgot to write down, but they went four and zero in uh, their home tournament. They won it for the first time since the 2017-18 season. Uh, which is good for them. So they beat Rushville in the championship game. Julia Montala, star. Man, she's she is becoming like, not saying she came out of nowhere because she was good last year, but like she has really taken the mantle as like one of the top players in the area, and uh, had 25 points in the championship game. Led her team in scoring and all four wins. Um, don't look now, but Northridge is playing really really well. They beat Penn. Last week, before the holiday break, you know, then they win their holiday tournament, and uh, they are they're playing really, really well. So this means something to Springer. I can tell you that, especially yeah. after you. All you had to know, like how much this means to that guy, is if you were at the uh, Fairfield Northridge game before the mm-hmm. Christmas break. He was very, very into it, very animated, mm-hmm. from what you remember. And uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations to him as well for picking up his 300th career victory during the holiday tournament. So he's got 301 career victories now. 249 of them have come at Northridge. So, and his first 51, two were at Wheeler. So, um, yeah, I asked him about about them after the game. Just like they lost that game to Fairfield, and you know that's a game on paper you should win if you're Northridge, right? And no disrespect to Fairfield, like Fairfield's a great team, and we've we've learned that this you know this season. But four A team should be a two A team in theory. Northridge is a good four A team too. So like in theory, I'm saying that a lot. But they lost, and they lost in a kind of a frustrating way. Officials, whatever, and you have a bad stretch in that third quarter. And you know, I kind of asked him. You know, since then they've won six in a row. You know, they destroyed Goshen, came out the next night and just destroyed Goshen beat Penn, which they hadn't done in a decade, and then they won four at the tournament. You know, I kind of asked him, like, what does this maybe say about this team? And in general, he's just, you know, talked about the senior leadership of Montala and Colleen Miller. He really raved about Colleen Miller a lot, just having this team, like, ready to go. He saw, he called him a player-led team. 
and that's because Colleen Miller and Julia Montala and Eva Fisher, even though she's a junior, senior kind of leadership role, you know. So, like, he just thinks that this team's playing really well, and they're 14-3, and three, and they have uh, Fort Wayne Northrop Wednesday. That's a big game, non-conference game, and Middlebury, but then the big one Saturday night, and we'll talk about it more in a second here, Northridge goes to Warsaw. Pretty much determines the NLC champion this year in girls basketball, uh, barring any other upsets either along the way. So barring any don't sleep on teams, right? Know? Barring any don't sleeps, <laughs> barring any sleeping. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a recap of the winter tournaments. We have a full prep roundup of the games and everything on our website if you missed it. So check that out, goshenews.com/sports. Um, and I believe I listed all five of our athlete of the week nominees in there: Beck Willems. Kieran Stoffer, Julia Montala, Isaac Benjamin, Cade Brenner. So, there you go. Should be fun to see who ends up winning it. It's pretty stacked. Yeah, it's a good week. We had a lot of good performances. We could have nominated five more probably if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's talk about the rankings. We already kind of went through half of them. Mm-hmm. You jumped the gun on me, man. It's rude. Uh, boys basketball, we mentioned it. You know, number three, Northwood in the 3A poll, the AP poll. And then in the overall uh, Indiana Basketball Coaches Association poll, you have Goshen and Northwood both receiving votes. So you officially cannot sleep on Goshen anymore. Can't be slept on. We, we did that bit last week, two weeks ago, whatever it was. Uh, girls basketball, they have not had a new uh, Girls Coaches Association poll in a couple weeks. So that has not been updated. Uh, Fairfield was ranked number three in the last one before the holiday break. And uh, in the coaches' poll, Fairfield and Northridge both received votes this past week. So good for them for both getting – they're still getting votes. They're getting the attention of the coaches' association. So uh, wrestling also has not had a new uh, team ranking since uh, December 21st. Probably Um, because of, you know, not a lot happening. Yeah, just a lot of of invitationals over Christmas break. But uh, I'm guessing a lot of these new polls will come out like tomorrow, like Wednesday or – after we, we taped this on Tuesday afternoon, of course, it'll all come out. But uh, they have the uh, Indiana High School Wrestling and Coaches Association team team state meet this weekend. And Wawasee is number seven in the 2A uh, bracket. So they will be going down to Martinsville High School in south of Indianapolis Saturday for the state team wrestling tournament. Very cool. Yeah, they're gonna have to win uh, five matches if they want to win this thing. So, that's a lot. It's a tall that's task. a lot of wrestling. Yeah, it's a tall task. So uh, yeah, and then we mentioned girls swimming and boys swimming. The rankings: Concord third and Northridge tenth in the girls. North Concord tenth in boys. So that's kind of where all of our teams are at right now. As at the we moment, go, as, as we head into the new year, as we go into the second half of the winter sports season. Uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed their, uh, you know, Christmas dinners and their New Year's celebrations. And now we got to all focus up in on the, uh, you know, rest of the season. So should be fun. Wrestling sectionals begin on January 29th. So it's coming this month. And then uh, girls basketball sectional week is that week after. So here we go, you know. Yes, sir. Here we go. Still, um, still less less traumatic than traumatic, dramatic than uh I guess May or October. So <laughs> October is the worst. Uh, May is a close second. February is a little more manageable because it's only five sports, and two of them play at the same time in swimming. So, right. um, 
So anyway, big events this week. Big games. We've already, big games. already mentioned two of them. You want to list them off? Do you want to go through them? We've obviously mentioned Concord and Northridge swim that we will be at, and also Northridge at Warsaw, which you said will determine DNLC. But right. also... Barring anything unforeseen. Yeah. Sleeping. Tonight, uh, Tuesday, as we record this, we have a big girls basketball game for the NECC. Fairfield Garrett probably determines that. Mm-hmm. So. Fairfield is 13-1. Uh, and one. Have not played since December 21st, so they've been off for two weeks. They've had two weeks to prepare for the Railroaders, who are 14-1, and one, and they're both 5-0 and oh in the NECC. And Garrett just came off a holiday tournament where they beat Warsaw at Warsaw. Uh, Yikes. So that's pretty good. It's pretty good. They were ranked number 20 overall in the state in the coaches' poll this past week. Just made the top 20. So they are legit. They've won 12 in a row. Uh, they are they are rolling, you know, rolling down the tracks, right? Let's make all the railroader train jokes, right? The locomotive is uh, on the tracks and it's chugging, it's chugging along, baby. Twelve in a row. That's great. Both teams' only loss have come to four A schools. Uh, Fairfield lost to Snyder, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, and I forgot off the top of my head who Garrett lost to, but it was like Lawrence North. It was like some ridiculous, mm-hmm. really good team. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be a big-time matchup tonight. I'm looking forward. You know, Fairfield's had a couple weeks off now. Like, how will they come out? How will they look? It's a long road trip to Garrett, uh, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how Fairfield responds, you know, having that time off. And Garrett, you know, is on a big emotional high after winning that game against Warsaw. You know, you don't typically see Garrett beating Warsaw in a lot of things. So, you know, will how will the Railroaders respond at home? Big conference matchup. I think it's going to be a good game tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing it in person. And uh, you can read all about it at GoshenNews.com slash sports. And in the Wednesday print edition of the Goshen News. Yes. We got you covered, man. With everything. And women. Man and women. We got men you covered. Men and women. Men and women of and the, everything, our everything. dearly beloved, our listeners. Everything, we got you. everything in between as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, now we have what? We're going to talk about some boys' basketball games coming up on Friday. Let's take a peek into Friday. Okay. NLC boys' basketball. Got a bunch of, a uh, couple good Friday night games that uh, we will be at. Uh, the first one, Goshen at Concord. Uh, Goshen 7-1 and one as we talk. Concord 3-5 and five as we speak. Uh, both teams are in action tonight, Tuesday going, night. Going in separate ways. Separate directions. Goshen has won six in a row, and Concord has lost three in a row. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Goshen has to play Marquette Catholic tonight, Tuesday night. That's their first game in two weeks as well. Concord also playing their first game in two weeks tonight. They host New Prairie. So both teams get non-conference uh, action before they play each other Friday it's not gonna night. Be, it's not going to be easy for Goshen. At McEwen uh, Gym. It's a hard place to win in, usually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because... So, Concord did this last year, didn't start out very well, then they kind of woke up. I feel like they have the players that can do that. So, you know, I wouldn't, you know, just be like, check it off as a victory for the Red Hawks. The Red Hawks are a different team this season, quite obviously. But They're going to, yeah, I I think it's a test. And Marquette could be a test for Goshen, too. You know, Marquette's one of those programs that have been really good at the smaller level, like the 1A, 2A level. at times, and they beat Goshen pretty soundly last year. Now, different Goshen team this year, of course, but um, 
it's going to be interesting to see how the Red Hawks respond first game in a couple of weeks. You know, same thing with Concord. They get New Prairie, who's obviously like struggling this year. New Prairie is not that great, so you think that Concord would would feel good about their chances to win Tuesday night here. Um, and I think Goshen should win too, so they both should be you know feeling good about themselves going into Friday. And you know, big NLC game, kind of a rivalry game, and uh, it should be a good should be a good contest. You know, so. Uh, another one we're going to keep our – a couple more we're going to keep our eyes on. Northwood at Wawasee. We talked about that a little bit. You'll be at that one Friday night. Uh, Wawasee went 1-1 one and one at their home uh, tournament over uh, Christmas break. I, and they uh, – so they're they're playing a little better. They're 4-6 and six overall. And I think Nor- they've been playing pretty well all season. They could easily mm-hmm. be like 7-3. and three. Have, they, They've had a couple three mm-hmm. that – off the top of my head, there were really close games they, that they could have won. They pushed Central Noble, number one team in 2A, to the limit right before Christmas. Gave them a pretty close game. Almost beat uh, Columbia City, I believe, right before that, too. So they've had a couple games like right there where Obviously, it was really that close. Fairfield game at the beginning of the season. And the Fairfield mm-hmm. game at the beginning of the year, too. So they've had some games where they've, you know, they've looked pretty good, and uh, we're going to maybe talk a little bit about them more here at the end of the show, but... Uh, yeah, it was Columbia City, by the way. Sorry. Okay, and uh, and then Warsaw Northridge also Friday night. So. Northridge, it's an interesting team. Just a different. Are we still talking? Yes, yeah, we're still talking. We're still talking. <laughs> you looked at me like, "What's going yeah, on?" Yeah, we're here? going. So what's we, happening? We're, we're doing trying to communicate without communicating right now. So. But anyway, yeah, Northridge. They're sitting at three and six at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like they haven't had the chance to catch their footing for some reason. Yeah. Well, that's what I said when I when we kind of started the basketball season. I was like, look, I don't think I'm going to take any stock in what Northridge does in December because their, fo- their guys were coming off the football. They didn't play games. You know, they weren't in a normal routine like everyone else. So I, I'm like kind of – and their schedule is brutal. I mean, they played Valpo, who's in the top ten. They played Chesterton at this to- the holiday tournament, who's in the top ten. Like, Goshen's playing well. Like, they're – like they've had some games against South Bend Washington's playing well. Like they've had a really tough schedule the first month of the year, coupled with the fact that they haven't had their team really like a hundred percent in shape in basketball shape. So Warsaw obviously is playing very well right now, and they look like they're going to be a true contender in the NLC. But I would not be surprised if Northridge gave them a game at home Friday night. Should be a big crowd, so should be a fun game. So. All, all these difficult opponents will help them down the road as well. Right. Once, right. They, once they do figure it out. Yeah. And then we also and also in the NLC Plymouth at Mishawaka. So, Mishawaka should win that. Yeah. <laughs> Mishawaka's I mean, – Plymouth I, got a couple wins, though, this past year. This past week at the, their holiday tournament, so I'll give them that. But mm-hmm. Mishawaka should win. Mishawaka's pretty good. I watched – they're not as good as they were last year, but I watched them against Concord, obviously. I was pretty impressed with some of their playmakers. And then we have. Uh, That's it. We we want to talk about some sleepers, huh? Yeah. Why not? Let's do this. Uh, I don't know how many. I don't know how we can if we can do this every week, but we always joke about don't sleep on Goshen. Well, we can't do that anymore, so we got to sleep on some other teams or don't sleep on some other teams. Exactly. So Evan, would you like to have the inaugural don't sleep on uh, team for this segment? Yes. Who's your don't sleep on team of the week or an athlete? Could, we could keep this open ended every week. Athlete, team, coach, maybe 
athletic director, hot dog stand maker. I don't know. You know, like <laughs> could be anybody. Uh, who is your don't sleep on for the week? At the moment, I decide on Fairfield boys basketball. It's a good pick. Currently sitting at five and three, three and zero oh in the NECC. Uh, lost to Jimtown by four. I mean, that's not the best loss. Jimtown's like, I, you know, all right. Obviously, lost to Northwood, but Northwood's fantastic. Barely lost to Goshen, though. And Goshen, we know how good Goshen is right now. And if you look at their schedule, I mean, it's pretty manageable. Obviously, they have some tough tasks against teams like Westview, Mishawaka, Eastside's pretty solid as well. Central Noble. Northridge, but yeah, Central Noble as well. Yeah. But half of that schedule is very, very winnable games for them. They could finish above 500. Yeah. Be pretty pretty high in the NECC standings at the end of the season. And they're they're continuing to grow as well. This is still a very new team. First-year head coach, a couple of the Wright brothers are brand new, still trying to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, on top of their top of their veterans that they already have. So I, I like them to finish above 500. I like them to maybe make some noise, obviously, in the NECC if they stay healthy because I just think they're going to continue to grow. So, looking forward to seeing what happens with them. It's a good pick. I mean, they only won two games last year, you know, so obviously it's already been a much better season so far Mm -hmm. in that regard. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, they got some talent, man. You know, we mentioned the rights, Connor and Caleb, and Owen Miller's playing well, and uh, Braden Helms is a nice big guy down low. Like, they got some nice pieces to, you know, I'm not saying they're going to, like, beat Central Noble and, like, win a sectional. Like, that'd be... Pretty amazing, but I mean, no, but they're they gonna have... give. They're not gonna be a tough out. That's all I know. They're not gonna be a tough out. So, definitely not. I mean, Fremont. How's Fremont playing this year? Usually, they're, 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 pretty, they're pretty solid. solid. They've been yeah. pretty solid this year. So, but Churubusk is not any good. They could. Elkhart they could Christian. easily like if you're gonna power rank the NECC right now. It's obviously Central Noble one, probably East Side number two, Fremont three, and then Fairfield Westview are probably four or five in any order. Like flip them however you want to put them. It's probably where I would put those two teams right there, and then everyone else after that is kind of struggling. So, um, yeah, that's where I would rank. You know, West Oval's obviously going through a scuffle right now, and Bosco is not that great. Prairie Heights, I don't think it's that good. Lakeland's struggling. You know, Hamilton doesn't really exist. So, right. you know, so it's interesting. So, yeah, I don't sleep on Fairfield, man. I'm, I'm, on, that, I'm on the bandwagon. You convinced me. Don't sleep on Fairfield. Anyway, my my uh, my I'm gonna I don't know if it's my inaugural pick because I've said don't sleep on Goshen and that's what that's my first ever pick, and that started the segment. But my don't sleep on team of this week is uh, Wawasee Boys Basketball. We talked about them. You know they're playing a little bit better now. Their record maybe isn't uh, an indication of the talent level that they have. Uh, both Maddox and Miles Everingham, the twin the twin freshman brothers of. Twin freshman brothers and the sons of John Everingham, the coach, playing really well right now. Maddox had 17 points in each of their holiday tournament games to lead them in scoring. You also have a prolific score in Keaton Dukes still on the team. And uh, and um, yeah, he's definitely a prolific score. He's, when he gets going, he's really hard to stop. So you have some guys on this team for Northwood or for Wawasee that are playing well. Uh, they're going to give, I think they're going to give Northwood a game. You know, I think they're going to really give Northwood a game on Friday. Should be a fun game down there at the Hardwood Teepee. And uh, that's what it's called, and that's the gen's name. And I wish it was shaped like a teepee or they had a teepee at the top. 
yeah. of the gym. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Maybe a little problematic in 2022, but yeah. Well, I mean, they're still calling it that, so who cares? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, yeah. But I, they're playing well, and I don't know, they've always been a team in recent years where it just feels like they're close, and they're always kind of near teams, but they really haven't been able to get over the hump. Like, if they get over the hump, like, I, I, I don't know if they're going to beat Northwood or not on Friday, but it's a tough game for them. But it should be entered. I think they're going to keep it close. When They kept Central Noble close, and Central Noble is – a top 15 team in the state. With a so, Wisconsin commit on the team. <laughs> with a Wisconsin commit on the team. So Who just beat Purdue the other last night? Yeah. Monday on the night. road. Monday on the night road. in, in West Lafayette. Yeah. Impressive. So, uh, yeah, don't sleep on Wawasee boys basketball right now. That's my pick for this week. So, And with that, we will wrap up the uh, Goshen News Sports Podcast. This is the first time we've been in the studio in two weeks. It feels good to uh, have chatted again, I'd say. Yeah. 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 How many yeahs can we get in yeah. there? Yeah. In the club with my homies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week recapping all of our big games that we were talking about. Maybe give us some more updated ranking numbers and, uh, you know, talking more about the NECC basketball tournament begins next week, next Tuesday. You know, West Oval Lakeland in the first round, Eastside Fairfield in the first round. The brackets could shake out for some really interesting. Uh, you know, quarterfinal and semifinal matchups. So it should be a fun NACC tournament week, of course, as always, next week. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll talk more about that next week. <laughs> <laughs>